Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. Episode 4, The Care and Feeding of Artists. Recorded at Metatopia 2012 by Fred Hicks. Presented by Ed Bell, Jen Christensen, and Fred Hicks. This is the Care and Feeding of Artists panel. We're going to explore what that might mean. Uh, I'm Fred Hicks. I've done, uh, I, I publish uh, under Evil Hat Productions, but I've also done art direction for Hero Games in the past uh, for most of their sixth edition products. And I'm Ed Bell. Uh, I'm here to talk to you about similar, uh, similar things, how to, uh, how to obtain artists, how to deal with them directly. I'm now contributing art director to Scientific American Magazine. I was the art director there for about 14 or 15 years. And uh, I'm Jen Christensen. I'm the Information Graphics Art Director at Scientific American now. And uh, Ed was my mentor and taught me how to feed and care for artists. So uh, <laughs> so we're tag teaming this one a little bit today. But, uh, uh-huh. okay. uh, first off, I think we should like ask around... What are you guys looking for in particular as your focus here? Are you looking for questions about uh, sort of art acquisition or uh, are, or are you saying, you know, I've, uh, you've established the artist you want to work with, now how do you work that relationship? Uh, both of those? Okay. Um, where do you want to start with that? Well, you know, um, Fred here is in, in your guys' industry. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from outside of it. It's outside of it. And I'm... Um, actually learning about you uh, more and more. I just spoke to uh, Christian uh, St. Pierre outside um, and the vendor and the vendor um, who's selling the uh, books around the corner here and I see a, a degree of sophistication especially in the books um, that, that, uh, that mildly surprised me. Uh, what we can tell you here I think uh, will be a benefit to you. I think some of it you, you may know already uh, and speaking with this uh, artist here, I see also a high level of sophistication uh, within the industry. Um, but I think the first thing we might start off with is, is how are you guys finding your artists? That, that's usually the basic question we get. Where, where do artists come from? Um, certainly, uh, you could walk to the front here and hire this guy, uh, who is very good. But what are your other avenues of, of acquisition for or people who can help your your books. To that extent, um, when you leave, I've summarized everything that I'm about to say here. You can you can pick up a copy that will that will help you. Um, by the way, you set up. Uh, you set up you okay. I've outlined five ways or five areas where you can find artists. Um, some of them are going to be obvious. The first one is obvious. Uh, when I was art directing at Scientific American, I had to hire a great, great many number of artists. And because we wanted to keep the magazine fresh looking, we're always looking for someone new, someone different, who can bring a sensibility of, of professionalism, but not look repetitive month after month. Uh, certainly online is the place to go. And one of the easiest things I could do was fire up Google and type in something like, astronomical artists, uh, paleontology artists. This week, because of this, I typed in gaming artists, and lo and behold, there's no shortage of artists within your, within your industry. There are a bunch of them. Uh, in talking with artists outside of your industry, I did get a common bit of feedback, and actually with a couple inside your, your industry. Uh, one was Avery uh, Leelcock, who I asked you if you were familiar with, a gaming artist. And they all said that um, part of the problem with, with gaming artists in general, not, not all, always, but in general, is that when you see one person's game or one person's book and you like the art, you want the, your art to look like theirs. So there tends to be a general amalgam, a general sameness of look within the industry. So... This to me is a negative, because what you want to do is have your book different from everyone else's. Have it unique. You've already got a powerful story. You now need powerful imagery to, to really make it shine. And again, where are, the, where, are these, where are these places, where are these artists coming from? Um, 
The second thing on my list was associations. There are a number of associations who, who have only artists, artist guilds, guild like the Guild of Natural Science Illustrators. Natural Science Illustrators flock to this guild, and if you need stuff that's related to, to that subject matter, that's the ideal place to go. I've got given you on this uh, list, by the way, the websites where all these people can be found. Another nice place is the uh, IAAA, the International Association of Astronomical Artists. And here, actually, you see this image here. This image was done by Ron Miller, who was one of the... Uh, is there a are there lights we can sort of kill in here? There you go. Yes. This is an image of, uh, that he's done. He, he's probably the best-known astronomical artist uh, in the field. Uh, I've worked with him quite a bit. We worked together on the book that I did last year, an iPad book on exoplanets. This image was from that book. It's a uh, look at a hellish-looking planet called Korot 7b um, that orbits extremely close to, to its sun. Its year is about two, three days long. That's how close it is to the sun. The surface is probably mostly molten lava or very, very hot rocks with large oceans of, of molten lava. I bring up this artist because when I first came across him, of course I used him for any, any job that dealt with astronomy. But it was a few years before I realized that this guy is so good an artist. He is an artist first. Astronomy just happens to be the thing he likes. So I asked him, well, do you do other things? And I was shocked to see, well, yes, he does do other things. This is another one of his astronomical paintings. This is the cloud tops of uh, Epsilon Andromeda B. Um, these clouds are moving at hellacious speeds, but it's a beautiful imagery, a uh, beautiful image of, of what this particular uh, planet looks like. This is the same artist, though, who in his spare time uh, puts his wife into his fantasy uh, <coughs> images and creates uh, images for books uh, on, on sci-fi and fantasy. Again, his name is Ron Miller, and he's with the <laughs> IAAA. Here's another image that he did that I would not have guessed he could do or was capable of doing. Is that still his wife? His first thing in the morning. This was, after, yeah, this was after the divorce, so she was <laughs> quite upset. No, it, <laughs> uh, so you can see, um, it's, it's good if, if you've got a good artist, or if you see a good artist in another field, it doesn't mean you can't ask him to do something in your own field. Uh, the next thing on the list is other media. Um, places like magazines, books, advertising. Again, you're looking at the artwork that occurs in this media and saying, I like this guy's art. I wonder if his art can be, con can be converted or if he can move over to my area of specialty um, gaming. Let me see what the next one looks like. This is, this, this is an example of Ken Brown's work. And, and I, I show him because... He's an artist I discovered by looking at other media. I discovered, I saw on the cover of um, Wired, uh, an amazing image, a beautiful image. It was photographic almost in nature. Uh, and that's what I liked about it. The detail was photo real. I gave him a call, and for the next several years, uh, Ken and I collaborated on a number of beautiful uh, images. Many of them were the covers of Scientific American during those years. This is another one of the images that you would swear is photographic, a uh, stone face with, with, uh, with fauna uh, growing all, all over it. This was not done for me, but it is, again, it's an example of the, the kind of thing that might, uh, you actually might see in a gaming book. The next image, or rather the next uh, item on the list is artist representatives. And here you'll find images uh, or websites uh, like Richard Solomon, CWC International, iCandy, the Anna Goodson Management Society, and Gerald Cullen Rap. These are places that represent artists. So if you go to their website, you're going to see hundreds of hundreds of different styles. And again, perhaps you're not going to pull an artist from that 
from that site. Perhaps you just want to see what style you want your artwork to look like so that the artist that you do engage, you will have something to show him. Yeah, that's, that's actually particularly important, um, uh, and uh, it's a reason to get a Pinterest account, um, uh, I, I think, because one of the things you can do as you're browsing these various sites is uh, use the Pinterest bookmarklet to, you know, nab, say, this image or whatever, and it, it, uh, put it over on your, uh, your your board. And you can you write down, like, who the artist is that came from and so forth. It'll, it'll link back to this and all that. But it, it both creates kind of a, a, a board that uh, you can show to the artist you do hire to look at and say, okay, we're looking for this kind of a, you know, vibe. Or, or it can also be essentially your Rolodex. You go back to it and you go, okay... You know, these were the 12 things that caught my eye. I think I'm, I'm feeling this side of the board more than this. I'm going to yes. talk to these two artists. Yes. And it's, good, it's a good it's a good process. Did you say that was? Pinterest. Pinterest. P-I. It's P-interest, uh, dot com. Um, and it's a, you know, it's another one of those social, you know, bookmarking kind of kind of size thing, but it's focused very much on on the visual, um, which makes it very good for this kind of a, a process. Excellent. Yes, that, that's very true. Um, <clears throat> These sites that I've mentioned, and again, uh, the, uh, the websites are all listed here, but if you grab one of these before you leave. Um, these sites uh, used to, I'm not sure if they still do, they used to issue very thick books um, with images that all their artists uh, painted. Um, very often, I prefer to see an artist's work on paper if that's what we're, his work is going to ultimately end up for me. Um, so viewing something on a website sometimes can look better than it actually does or different than it actually does once it's printed out. Um, this particular artist, uh, this is Avery Wilcox's uh, work. Uh, she's in your industry. Um, I'm not sure which book uh, this came from, but I show her uh, because it's a good example of, of a piece of artwork uh, out of your industry. It doesn't look like every other piece of gaming uh, illustration. This she did for Mike Allen. Here are the uh, sites that I mentioned uh, just previously. Um, this is the kind of thing you'll you'll see when you go to these uh, artist representative sites. You'll get a great many uh, styles to choose from. Click on one, and you'll see that that artist's work um, shown in full. This is another one. This is the work of uh, Andy, uh, what's his name? Uh, you see his name up there. Yes. And I show his work because I recently spoke to him. Um, I hadn't met him before, but on my list of uh, places where you can find artists is schools. Um, a nice place, why schools is a nice place is because you're getting people who are just coming out who are eager to work for you, who are eager to get a portfolio done. And in fact, will, because they haven't quite established themselves yet, will work for a little bit less than most artists. Um, Andy's currently enrolled at the uh, Cal California State uh, University Science Illustration Program. And this is an example of his work. It's another example of his work. You'll find uh, his website on this list. That what what is next? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, um, lastly, I want to show you the work of, of one of my favorite um, uh, artists, Tomislav Tukulin. Um, he's a Croatian. He's working in in the fantasy and science fiction world. I spoke to him again prior to coming to uh, to speak to you to find out if he would be interested in working. Um, or slightly less than his normal wages um, in your industry. And he indicated that, uh, that that's a possibility. Um, his work is very, very uh, beautiful, very painterly in style. In fact, he, is, he mostly does non-digital work. Uh, but the, style, the, the, um, the lighting that he gets, the composition that he gets, I find to be truly, truly beautiful. Yeah, last week was like Staten Island. Uh, recently, Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, right? And that's it. Okay, lights. 
Okay, so I've, I've been a little bit long-winded, and I'm dominating the, it's okay. dominating the, uh, the uh, panel discussion, quote panel discussion here. Um, but all I've gone through right now is how to find an artist. Here are other things that, um, that are important. Once you find that artist, how do you deal with that artist? Um, what do you say to him or her uh, in your initial discussion? And it's very important that you be prepared to discuss the concept uh, and to get me new eyes um, <laughs> when, you, when you meet the artist. Um, for instance, what style of art do you want your art to be in? These are questions that, that you need to ask your, your artist straight up, that you need to tell your artist about. What style of art do you want? Is it color? Is it black and white? Is it line work? Do you want a muted palette? Do you want heavy details, a more impressionistic kind of work? Um, what's the general composition of the piece as you see it? Is it basically a, a character study? Is it a landscape scene with big foreground and a lot of distance? I think it's important to be very clear about the like physical dimensions that you're looking for the art piece to be positioned in, in uh, the final work, um, and uh, that you need it produced at a like print resolution. So I'm, I'm usually very yeah, very clear that I want uh, a, a 300 DPI image that's you know four inches by six inches and uh, 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 use the CMYK color model because that's what's used in printing rather than RGB because you can get color uh, color values in an RGB digital piece which is often what you're getting from the artist uh, uh, that can't be printed um, which is part of that whole what you see on the website isn't necessarily something that you're going to see in print things so um, <clears throat> you know, you're going to ask for all these things um, make sure that you understand what they are and uh, if the artist doesn't there's probably a bit of a problem there in the first place. Yeah, um, this, this, is, this is very true. You all understand the difference between RGB and CMYK? No. Okay. R RGB is red, green, blue. Uh, it basically refers to the mixture of light to achieve color. Um, that is relevant for things like uh, video images, things that are projected uh, a monitor, because <clears throat> what you're doing there is uh, the more light you're adding to it, the brighter it's getting. And, for example, there are some values, there are some green values in particular that uh, can't be reproduced on, uh, on, uh, in ink um, because what ink is doing is it's starting with however bright your, um, your, your white page is and then it's adding darkness to it, right? So the, the, uh, these, these things essentially are heading in different directions. RGB is building up from, from totally dark and uh, uh, CMYK, which is cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, um, is... is uh, <coughs> dimming down from white, from the white white of the paper. Um, so they're, they're trying to achieve different things, and they have different ranges of color that can be uh, uh, displayed uh, in the first place. Um, and, you know, assuming that you're getting a color piece taken in printing, it needs to be in a CMYK color model for that, for you to get a realistic expectation from looking at it of what that's going to look like. Also, make sure that you're looking at any CMYK images in uh, something like a layout program or Photoshop that knows how to properly parse a CMYK image because uh, often I've seen people put up uh, uh, like a JPEG that is in the CMYK mo color model, but they're looking at it through a web browser or through uh, you know a, a freeware image viewer that doesn't properly uh, uh, parse that uh, uh, that color model, and you get a lot of really super saturated stuff as it's reading the, the color values a little bit wrong. Um, you'll see this uh, sometimes uh, if you're looking at an image on an iPad. Uh, I've noticed. Um, it's like, wow, that's totally not what it looks like in the book. Well, there's a reason for that. Um, uh, so make, the, the, these, these are things where you're going to need to make sure that you, you understand your tools and you're, you, and you're using similar tools to what the artists are to look at the images that you guys are... Because very often you're going to be dealing with someone remotely um, uh, so that you're as close to on the same digital page as you, as you can be, right? And if I might interject something, too... Um, I worked as a, on the artist end and as on the art director end, um, and sometimes I find that uh, communicating with your artist up front um, about uh, how many uh, concept sketches are, uh, you know, usually there's a kind of a tier of you do concept sketches, tight sketches, and then final art. Mm -hmm. And I find as long as everybody's talking at their get-go and understands um, what's expected at each of those stages, yeah. so the client knows that, okay, at the final stage, I'm not going to question the clothing this person's wearing. Yeah. You know, you know, so things that should have been hashed out at earlier stages, as long as everybody's kind of communicating and, and saying, okay, how many concept sketches? Um, you know, can, I, can I have like five versions 
on this topic. And then I'm going to select one of those, ask for some shifts, and then go do a tight sketch. And at that tight sketch stage, there's still a little flexibility to bounce back a little if you need to. But once you approve a tight sketch, um, you, you're you know, kind of committed the, to the composition. Yeah, yeah. So I just find like just uh, on both ends, if you're a hiring artist mm -hmm. or if you're an artist, just making sure everybody's on the same page. Well, this is them. definitely something to think about, uh, th think through in advance. You want to think about essentially the the story of of how you see the relationship with any artist working. You know, like, like I. I want to see uh, uh, pencils or, or sketches or however, whatever your terminology is for it. Um, uh, and when we approve that, you can go to inks and colors and so forth after that. And uh, you know, ask the artist, let me see things as early into the process as you're comfortable so that I can go, oh, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> you know, intervene. You just, uh, you really don't want to kind of do a, fi a fire and forget thing with an artist ever. Um, I think because you're, you're and uh, and artists that resist that are are going to be a little bit harder to work with. You'll find um, uh, because uh, you know uh, there are there's going to be this is a guarantee. You're going to have an idea of what the image is that you're asking for, and what you're going to get is not going to be that. And as flexible as you can be uh, in terms of uh, uh, how much that your your initial concept can be interpreted. Um, uh, is, is, is going to be a positive for, the, for that relationship, but uh, you also kind of need to say, okay, these are my musts. Right? You're, you're locking down. These are, these, these are the things the image needs to achieve. The best part about thinking, though, I have this idea and it's not going to look exactly like that, is sometimes you are blown away. Yes. It's so much yes. better. That's, you know, you're yeah. like, that's yes. the ideal. That's <laughs> the ideal is that, is, is that you get the yeah. pleasant surprise element yeah. of it, right? You know, set, yeah. set yourself up to be surprised, um, but, uh, uh, but put... Put in, you know, make your must list very, uh, very clear, uh, because that is how you will make sure that that surprise is a pleasant one. Uh, at least that's my take on. Yeah, all, 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 all true what they're saying. Um, uh, again, so the, the simple version is: uh, if you need a horizontal piece, ask for a horizontal piece. If you need it to be square or vertical. Make sure that's, that's clear up front. And check your assumptions at the door. Um, right. I've, I've seen people say, I want a quarter page piece, and they got back something that I would consider a spot illustration because they, they figured, well, I say quarter page. Well, define your page. Define what a quarter of it is in terms of you know, your, your print target, how that's going to be. You know, actually using physical dimensions. That this, is a, this is a time to break out numbers. Right. Um, uh, Jen uh, uh, mentioned... Um, the sketch stages, uh, how many rounds of sketch stages. Different artists will offer different rounds of sketch stages. A round is a back and forth, so that um, uh, if, if you're going to do that, go back and forth four times, you may be getting charged now for the third and fourth time. Uh, artists don't like constant back and forth. They like to have things cleared up as early on as possible so they can get on with the finished piece. So you'll find out uh, in your initial discussion, how many rounds of, of corrections um, will I be allowed? Generally, you'll always get one round of uh, corrections. Um, you can ask for a second round if you think that the uh, number of corrections uh, generated by the first round um, is going to require a second round. Um, also, you want to you want to make sure up front when you're hiring that you know what kind of sketches you're going to get. Some people turn in very loose, tissue papery things, um, in which uh, you're going to have to pretty much say, picture this. Some guys turn in very tight digital pieces that will look almost identical to the final because they're working digitally to begin with. So find out before you start, what is, what, you know, how am I going to get my sketches? What are they going to look like? Yeah. Well, like when I'm working with Christian, uh, when I, I normally give him sometimes you put perhaps too wordy. Uh, a description of what it is I'm looking for. He's going to tell me that you know that's all fine, but whatever. Um, so, so this is actually, and, and as a sidebar, there um, uh, try to get an early on read from your artist as to whether or not they want like a lot of detail from you, or if they're looking for some, you know something fairly brief. Um, but again, make sure that your musts are covered, regardless of what that answer is. Um, but anyway, uh, so uh, I'll, I'll generally give Christian uh, uh, a, a concept. I say we want these characters in there, um, you know, give them descriptions of them, if that's relevant from the text, that sort of thing. Uh, he comes back to me usually with a, a small number of strictly compositional stuff. And we're, we're talking like circles and lines, but recognizable figures uh, to, to get the relationship, the perspective worked out. 
Once we've got that nailed down, then he'll move to a pencil stage. Um, uh, uh, and often things fast track once I get back pencils back that I'm happy with, which is with Christian pretty pretty much right away. Um, we, we, <laughs> but we've been working together for a number of years at this point. Um, uh, uh, so we have the, essentially we have the composition stuff first. That is strictly about the relation of objects and space to each other and, and what you're looking for. Uh, the pencils are where you're saying, okay, these de- the details are going to be there and they're going to be right, and then you can commit to inks and colors from there. Um, and like I said, usually that's that's a fairly fast thing at that point. Um, each each stage that you're going through is a process of eliminating uncertainty about the final result. And as my uh, two colleagues here suggested earlier, um, you should be open to allowing the artist to bring in his or her own ideas. So you might be surprised. Um, that their ideas are, are better than yours. Um, so this is what they're trained to do. They're trained to come up with creative solutions to problems that you're having. So this leads to the next uh, topic of discussion. Well, one of the ways that they can better come up with their own ideas about what you might want is to give them a copy of the manuscript. Let them read the book. Let them see what it offers. They might uh, say, oh, you know, this section here would be perfect to illustrate. It's dynamic, it's moving, it's central to the uh, theme of the thing, blah, 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 blah. So supply your artist with, uh, with the original manuscript or story or script or whatever it is that you're, you're working on. Um, also show them that if you're, you're going to be using a particular cover format, Scientific American is obviously going to have certain standard things. So make, make sure that they, they see that and they know where the text is likely to land on top yes. of the image, if that's how the image is going to be presented. Um, because they'll, they will they will put something there, they will put something there so that it's a complete image. But you don't want your most interesting thing to be by scientific American. You know, it's, it's, it's not. It's just it doesn't let you. Yeah, go ahead. And don't, once you say this is where the text will go, don't change that. Don't change that. Don't change that. <laughs> yeah, be, be pretty sure about that composition. I recently had a picture where the logo was circular in the mock-up, and it was in the upper right hand corner. So I laid the picture out around it. And then when they did the final cover, it was a text logo across the whole thing. I know National Geographic sends their photographers out with um, something they can hold in front of their lens that has the logo at the top and the, the yellow, uh, the gold. Uh, just as they're framing, if they have, if it's a, if it's a moment that they know is going to stay there, and they can kind of you know work a little bit. And then Sometimes. over time, they just learn. Okay, dodge the top third of the yeah. damage or something like that. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are, are, are right there with me, but that was actually next on my list. No, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Um, if, you don't, if you don't allow for, uh, for that kind of placement of, of typography, you do everyone a disservice. Your reader is going to have a hard time reading something that may be covering a key element uh, to the, uh, that the artist has placed there uh, significantly, either for flow or movement or whatever. So really think ahead. Is there going to be text on this image? Where is it going to be? Let him or her know. Uh, the other thing you can give your artist besides the script is any reference material that, uh, that you might have. And reference material can be any of a number of things. It can be uh, a picture of the animal that you want, or maybe the position that the animal is in, or pos- position that a human is in at a given time. Or it, might, be, it could also just be an artistic technique. Like, I, I want this to be done with a watercolor right. technique like in this image. Exactly, exactly. The more of those kind of things you can give, the better. Maybe you're give, showing him something because it describes it, the composition, foreground, middle ground, background, or, or again, how the lighting might be. But anything that you can give your artist up front that says, this is what I'm looking for, huge help for the artist. Yeah, and when things go wrong with art, it's often because something went screwy in communication, so don't worry too much about over-communicating, but do be clear about why you're communicating certain things. For example, when you're giving this reference stuff, to don't just say, here are the references. Right? You need to, you need to be very clear about what, also, not only what in this image that you're sharing with them, you do want them to pay attention to, but also what you don't want them to pay attention to. I do I do not want angry midgets around this thing, <laughs> but I like the composition of this. Because you'll find that uh, if, if you're if you're not specific about why you're sharing a reference sometimes, sometimes the artist will look at that so much that it starts to bleed into the the final piece. Sometimes which sometimes produces an awesome side effect, but 
other times you're like, oh, crap, I, that, I ended up communicating three things to you, and I only meant to communicate two, and that third thing is, uh, uh, you know, you'll, you'll learn that fast, but it's a, it can be an expensive mistake to uh, rewind on. And on that, that theme, too, I talked to an artist once that said they like three things, reference material, time, and money, and you better have two of the three. <laughs> so if you have lots of reference material and great guidance and not very much money but a lot of time, that's okay. She can work yeah. with that. You know, so you can kind of the yeah. more uh, the more you can kind of help advance things. If there's no time you're paying for the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> um, one question, very much related to that, is how do you establish a consistent theme and style for your artwork so that it all ties together in a given... You're saying, for example, you want your product to have a, 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 a unified look? Even yeah, if you're yes, working a with unified artists. look for a product. How do you build references and like how, how do you give the appropriate guidance so that all of your potentially multiple artists are going in the same general Well, there, there are two ways to do that. And that. One, of, one of them is to uh, throw a lot of time at the problem and go single artist. Um, that that's lovely, and that artist will be really happy with you um, because you're going to be giving them a lot of regular regular work. Uh, hello, Christian. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it can also uh, you know run into timeline issues. Uh, you know you you have some potential vulnerabilities there, cross scheduling stuff like that. Completely expectable, completely normal, completely acceptable. But you need to recognize that you're you're getting that if you're if you're going with a, a single artist vector. Um, uh, if you're doing multiple artists, uh, I usually recommend uh, uh, settling on a signature artist, a particular artist who you know you can deliver a you know, decent number of kind of anchoring pieces for, for that and get those done first. Then use those as the reference material that uh, uh, they're uh, talking about here. Um, because then you can say, okay, your, your job, other artists, is to emulate this guy's style. Um, that and, a little you know, and these characters may, and even then, you're not necessarily going to get that, but you, you'll get something reasonably in the ballpark. For example, uh, Brennan Taylor uh, uh, published, uh, the Galileo Games published Bulldogs. Um, that is a, a, a book that has two artists in it. Um, uh, one of them, I, I think of as fairly chameleonic. He's uh, uh, Kurt Komoda. He, he can do a number of different styles, as I can tell from looking at his portfolio. And another is a Brazilian artist whose name I forget. Um, uh, but he had a very distinct kind of style that you always, you know, if you're going to get something from him, it's going to be in this kind of a style. Um, uh, and what Brennan did was he pointed Kurt at, at uh, the other guy's things and said, this is kind of the general ballpark that the other stuff is, so make sure that your stuff at least lives in that same kind of visual space. Right. And you, you want to be a little careful about um, stepping on other artists' toes. Because sure. somebody who has a distinctive style has built their whole... Mm-hmm. You know, life around that style. Uh, but we run into this problem a lot. I was when I was freelancing, I was doing a lot of textbook work, mm-hmm. and there we have a lead artist who set up a bit of a style guide. So they might present like here's a, a they're, they're, they've been classified as lead artist, and they're paid a little bit more because of that, and they've done some of these big pieces. But then they set up a color palette and a few so. other stylistic things that might come in handy, like foreground always in ink, background just washes, you know, some sort of um, basic style guides, but they've sort of been hired to set that forth for another team of people, so it's a little less, um, like, here, copy the style, and it's a little bit more of a lead, no, no, I didn't mean that. No, yeah, I I get what you're It's a little bit more, this lead artist is going to coach you in a style, Mm -hmm. or, or is sort of going to be the funnel with which things go through. So it, it, yeah, you're renting a little bit of experience there, and, and someone who's going to speak the local language for the for the other artists that come on the thing. There. Go ahead. You should also not discount the possibility of, dis, of purposefully going with dis, distinct styles. Mm-hmm. Like you, like we were talking about earlier in the old Dungeons and Dragons stuff, the, the styles were all over the map. Some were yep. very cartoony, some were very detailed, photorealistic, some were in between. Right. And that that can serve a role. I mean, if, 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 it, if it's if it's intentional, that can serve a role. That that that's great. If it's unintentional, people can like they, they feel the clash and it, it throws you them off the product. Chapter by chapter, one chapter, sure. one absolutely. Chapter but with uh, it around it kind of bottleneck. Yeah. For example, with our Dresden Files uh, RPG, because it was based on a series of novels, which yes had a TV show and yes had a um, you know well known uh, audiobook uh, reader, uh, we didn't necessarily want to give people uh, strictly the images that matched the cover art of the novels or 
just the uh, art found in the comic or just found you know, e each of these different interpretations. We wanted to give people a, uh, a lot of different looks at the world, so we did use quite a number of uh, different artists for it and uh, let each of them kind of uh, you know, live in their own style uh, uh, for that because we wanted that, uh, that sense of, um, yeah, not every depiction of Harry Dresden, for example, in uh, the game is going to look like the one that you have in your head, but one of them is going to hit. Um, and that's kind of the idea, is to really support the, the, the multiple interpretation, the multiple settings, perhaps, if, or if that's uh, what works for your game, um, the multiple kinds of stories, different kinds of cinema, whatever. Um, what you can do, uh, if you are going to use multiple um, artists and, and, and decide not to let the artwork, in fact, set the style, is then you look for something else to set the unifying the style, either very strong layout from, from page to page, or strong typographic treatments then become something that holds the entire work together. Yeah, that's what basically. Yeah. Right. Well, the, the intellectual property that came with that helped uh, help provide some glue there, but there are also common characters and creatures and so forth. Layout. Oh, and the layout, yeah, whatever. Well, there's no there's no credit for the layout in the book. I did it. Uh, there's no credit for layout in the book, so yeah, who knows who did it. Just as, as an example, and uh, I think the the guy selling the books out here mm -hmm. has some copies of the doesn't file with anybody. If you're not familiar, with one of the bins lower down. That is an example of what you were just talking about, where the person who did the layout took a different styles of art, and the layout yeah. is. You can, and you can present them differently. Like some some uh, some artists, I decided to present their work as though it had been a photograph, you know, complete with little bits of tape on the uh, faux bits of tape on the edges of the photographs to, to kind of mm -hmm. show how they were put into the thing. Mm -hmm. Other ones were, looked like they were actually drawn directly on the page. I, I blend them together with the, the texture uh, that we were using for the backgrounds of the page. Um, and others looked like they were ripped out of a sketch notebook and, and, and taken there. That, that, that's that's kind of a way to provide a different kind of context for each different style of art. Okay, so we've already talked about um, general schedule for the sketches. But one thing uh, your artist might ask you um, that should give you pause is, uh, so when does the art go to the printer? Tell them the real date. Do not tell them when the art. That's them asking for a deadline extension without asking right. for a deadline extension. Right. Sorry, but <laughs> but we cannot tell you cannot tell your artist the drop dead we call the drop dead date for the illustrations because guaranteed if you do well not guaranteed. There's, a, there's, there's, there's the possibility then that what will drop dead on that date is you when the art's not delivered. You must build in some time in the schedule to allow for unexpected. How much time do you guys happen. build in for yourself? Uh, I used to only build in a day because we were, it was tight. Yeah, well, your magazine, you're dealing with go, 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 go kind yeah. of stuff. And plus, we, the artists that we use um, are virtually always on, on time. Yeah, Let's just say that deadlines last, are this last week just tested that uh, uh, magazine down for a week. Yeah, right. You, yeah. You know, you never know when something like that will happen. So yeah. you're helping your artist and yourself if you... Even sometimes I do say, this is when it's going to the printer. This is when I need it from you. Or we might not be able to work together again. You know? So sometimes I will... Yeah, sure. Help yeah. You can let them see behind the curtain, but, um, but still be very clear about what kind of a buffer zone you need because you've got lots of other factors that are going to come into play that are going to slip your deadline one way or another. And it would be nice if the artist's art wasn't one of them. Yeah, in my lectures to, to art students, um, I tell them that one of the worst things they can do is to miss a deadline. That uh, if you miss your deadline, you'd be very fortunate if you get another, another job from that particular client. They are dependent on you to be on time, uh, which is why you go through sketch stages. Now, there, as again I said, there are going to be moments when the artist gets sick, a hurricane comes, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So you must build in some, some time, even if it's just a day, uh, without letting the artist know that that's the day. Now what happens is, this man over here is not stupid. He knows what day you just told him isn't the real day. So now you've got to go back another day. <laughs> just to be a Got to keep you guessing, Christian. That's, that's right. what I'm trying to say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so now that he knows that, well... Yeah. But, the art, you know, but the artist shouldn't... Artists, artists shouldn't do that. People are saying, "What is your drop dead date?" Kind of that you want to be at. Yeah. 
that, that question being asked is a little the, tricky. The, the thing about that, though, is like I, I do like to know what's going on behind the scenes. And you can say, well, this is my drop dead date. This is when it's going to the printer. This is when I need it from you. And what happens in between is why I need it, need it from you on this day yeah. because it's got to go lay out blah, blah, blah. And I've been all that right. helps yeah. a, little, a little bit of the behind the scenes and the reason why I want it. Yeah. Or, you know, for example, we're working on a uh, card game right now that uh, Christian is illustrating. Speaking, and speaking yeah, of and uh, some of, some elements of the uh, uh, game, actually a lot of elements of the game design that we thought had been locked down at the time I started the art by it with him, uh, changed. Um, and I didn't really hide this from Christian, uh, you know, that, but I'm fairly transparent as it is. But... Uh, that meant that we could start playing around with the, the sort of flexibility of the schedule a little bit, and I could also pre-warn him of like, hey, there might come along uh, you know another art vibe right on the heels of this where we need to add in like five more different kinds of attack card images or something like that, or some of these images might get uh, recontextualized um, uh, because you know the, the the role of this particular kind of thing. Um, but you know we've, we we. Uh, Christian and I have worked on a lot of projects together, so I can also say to him, you know, I, I might want to take you know some of these images that end up not having a home in the new design and use them in a spirit of the century product down the line. And so long as we're talking that out and getting it down in writing and and you know contracts and all that stuff. Pardon? Nothing. <laughs> That's the first I heard of it. Oh God, no. Um, uh, uh, you know, then uh, that's a fairly uh, adjustable thing. Uh, pe- 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 uh, if you give flexibility at times, uh, you know you'll get it. You'll get it back in other circumstances. So, uh, I mean, th- this is part of why uh, you'll uh, some of the stuff that you guys have kind of been nibbling at. Uh, often, you end up building a relationship with an artist, and um, you know, once you're f- when you're first starting out, the field is very wide open. You'll find that you'll start going back to the same people over and over again simply because uh, there are attributes of that relationship, whether it's reliability, being very fast at responding to email, whatever. Um, uh, that that works for your process particularly well. Um, so it it makes for an interesting barrier also for the artists that are trying to break in. And so I always try to if I'm doing lots of different artists, I, I always try to bring in like a couple new people and then my reliable, you know, my, my board of reliable and so forth. So I can afford to experiment a little bit and not I could say to Christian, oh okay, this one person I was trying out turns out to be completely non-responsive and, and deadline mister, could you do a couple extra pieces to to, to fill in the to fill in the pieces that it turns out that they aren't going to be able to deliver. Um, that was very rambly, but uh, I feel like all of that was interconnected. Right, go on. So, with all this having been uh, uh, said now and given to you, if, if you uh, now shove your hand out towards the artist, and he takes your hand or she takes your hand, and you go your way and they go their way. Um, <clears throat> there'll be something very much missing from the component. How much are you going to pay him or her? Uh, I can guarantee you, even if your hand goes out, it won't be shook until (laughs) that topic comes up. That's the gorilla in the room, the the topic of money. Or on the shirt. Or on the shirt, yes. There are lots of gorillas in what Christian does for us. Not that I have a thing. I had assumed before coming here today and seeing the range of, of books that are out there, I had assumed that um, that the majority of you would be under small budgets. But uh, perhaps your budgets aren't as small because your books are looking quite professional, uh, certainly in their production values. Uh, I, I, I will tell you the budgets are still fairly small, but um, I, I feel particularly with the rise of you know the internet for making for getting access to artists. The supply of artists has also increased quite a lot. So there's still an awful lot of uh, artists looking for work and not so many jobs. So some may who are normally you know getting many hundred even many thousands per per image uh, are often sensitive to the industry that you are coming from and are willing to do like a reduced rate. And maybe they they won't turn in a piece that's quite as complex or. You know, photo realized or whatever, as as uh, some of the work they might do for another sector. But you can still get a good piece um, at a at essentially a sliding scale rate. Just be very upfront with them about the kind of budget that you're coming to, the kind of thing you're normally able to pay, and you know, 
uh, be aware that you might need to slide that up or down depending on the complexity that you're asking for or just because the artist is like, no, I, I need a little bit more for that kind of a piece. The magazine industry faces the exact same thing. We were just talking earlier about some um, medical illustrators who get used to working with pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. But they like editorial work because it feels a little less like they're selling their soul. So they know that, like, you know, we're not going to have the same kind of budget. Um, but they usually kind of figure, I want to do some editorial, so let's talk. What can get, you pay? Get, get to know your so, artist. If, yeah. you, if you find a gamer artist, very often they're going to be just be thrilled about the opportunity to not do, you know, some sort of uh, corporate artwork and instead do something that pays them almost nothing as far as or what they're using. Or be on the ground floor something very exciting. Or could be on the ground floor something exciting. Yeah, they got yeah. an for almost nothing. I'll take it. No, that's, I'm, okay, I'm talking about almost nothing when I'm comparing it to, say, Scientific American or, you know, pharmaceutical company. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, don't be afraid to... to, to uh, the worst that'll happen is they'll say no and you'll have to go to another... Another artist. And honestly, sometimes if I talk to an artist who's out of my budget, I'll say, okay, well, can you recommend someone? I'm not trying to replace yep. you. you. You've said no to me now. <clears throat> and you know I can't pay what you want. Artists so love to get their friends work. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke to Tomislav uh, before coming here to get his thoughts so I could pass them on to you. I said, uh, well, what, what, what if uh, one of the gamers wants you to uh, illustrate their book, would you, you know, cut your budget in half? Um, there was a long pause. <laughs> I'll, I'll grant you that. But um, but he did say, you know, he said he said interestingly that one of the, the main uh, variables in the equation that sways him or not is if he thinks he's going to enjoy the project. Yep. You can bring them fun, and you can also dial the complexity a little bit. Like, if you're willing to do, uh, for example, uh, images of characters but without their environment around them, uh, you can potentially get those at a much more affordable uh, uh, rate. So you're essentially you know, dropping them onto your white page background. Uh, uh, because every, every detail that you throw in there, even if it's a small image, is additional time and possible loss of vision um, <laughs> that, the, that the artist needs to spend on, on, on rendering that for you. So. Um, there, there are some decisions you can make about the complexity of your image, about how many you know, moving objects in relation to each other, et cetera, that you can uh, put in there. We've got about six minutes left. Oh, we do? Okay. Can so. I just quickly say something? One thing that we also haven't addressed is mm-hmm. uh, hand in hand with money, our rights and contracts. Right. And that could have a whole other session. Yeah, that's. So, there may even just, talk to be panels on that already. Might, but. I, yeah, but just something to be aware of that you and or the artist should have maybe a baseline contract mm-hmm. or um, some agreements on who and if you don't, copyrighted that final art, yeah. that kind of F- thing. Figure, figure out if you are taking full ownership of the image. Uh, that's going to cost uh, significantly more often than uh, uh, a license to use an image that the artist will ultimately own in a particular context. Um, you know, the, 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 the breadth is, is really what applies the multiplier to that. And if you want some um, basic uh, contracts, um, just to look at some really kind of baseline ones, the Guild of um, Graphic Artists has an ethical pricing, guideline of ethical pricing. Mm-hmm. Guideline of mm-hmm. pricing. Yeah, um, and in the back, they have some baseline contracts for all different kinds of things and some baseline... Um, cost levels for different kinds of industries. If you're if you're working with a helpful. yeah, and if you're working with a working artist, there's, it's entirely possible that even if you don't have a contract, they've had one that they were particularly comfortable with that they'd be willing to share with you. Right, should be some of my yes, at some point. yes, be yeah. very okay. Sorry, uh, we got. Let's do lightning round here. I think I saw your head yeah, first. I just wanted to say something. Um, in my experience, I had set up a very complex uh, image, and then the artist came back and said, "This is way too complex for the size you want." And it turned out. Gave me a much better image than I would have had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, sometimes you're just asking for something that's too busy. You want to cram too much in there. Okay. Uh, Lightning Rick, uh, how, what is the multiplier in terms of licenses? Um, uh, work for hire versus. Well, uh, for, for example, for uh, uh, I think I think licenses. with uh, Christian, uh, uh, the a lot of the art we had him do for Race to Adventure, I wanted to also be able to drop in RPG books. Um, so I think we basically agreed on a, essentially a double. Roughly uh, uh, rate on that, but it's going to depend on the artist. Um, and well, that's, that's broad usage rights versus narrow usage rights. Real, like, real world crisis. I've got things to work for higher school. Right, yeah. I generally try to support the artist uh, retaining ownership of the, the actual work that they've created. 
um, but you're, you but can have broad usage rights or narrow usage rights. Doubling is a good rule of thumb. A rule of thumb in the real world, in the game world, if I. You've, you've slid it around for me before, but it, it doubles seem to be like the, the, the idea. The thing is that, that Fred and I have built up, we've been working together for seven, seven years. Yeah, like, but they're about. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, spread of the century is six years old, Rob. So we, we've been working together for that long, so we have a give and take. That yep. We've built up a trust and a relationship that yep. we can we give. And I always try to pay uh, Christian early. Um, to, it's, it's kind of. It's actually, you know, it's it's money on one hand, but it's also relationship building. Right? I try, try to make sure that as soon as I've got the art, I'm, I'm not waiting for publication to pay you. Um, but you know, other other, <laughs> you know, but other other publishers, other publishers they run it a different way, and that's that's another sliding scale on the on the price. Uh, let's do Shoshana. Sort of part of my question was, do you do payment up front? What do you? What is the? Uh, sometimes process? you sometimes you'll do a, a a down payment. Don't pay all of the money up front. Uh, uh, you know, even even if you've got a very positive relationship with the artist, um, there's uh, like giving them something, the the, the, the carrot, <laughs> right? Uh, the, the 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 prize. Uh, it, it's just good psychology, or right? The it's, it's, it's might die partway through. Right. Yeah. So it's often there's a fifty percent, fifty percent, or a third, a third, a third, depending yeah. on the length of the project. Yeah. So think about your up- upfront payment is also essentially kind of a kill fee thing to yeah. say. You know, we're we're gonna we got you started on this work. We can't go to publication with it, but you're going to be able to keep that part of the thing. That, that, that can work out as well. Uh, earlier you talked about uh, format. Uh, what's yep. the best software for you as the person in between the artist and the people that are actually going to print it? In the past, I've often been uh, the layout guy as well, so I'm often dealing with uh, images in Photoshop. Probably something lower lower cost like Photoshop Elements uh, uh, could be a, a, a program that would be at least reliable for image viewing um, on that sort of thing. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes I just drop it straight in my layout program, which is InDesign. Um, uh, but InDesign. InDesign. But the, the Adobe Suite will cost you way more than your first few pieces of art <laughs> in a lot of cases because it's just it's expensive. Although they do now have a subscription model with uh, the Creative Cloud. Uh, that can let you essentially uh, pay a small monthly fee for the ability to, yeah, for the ability to download the entire suite whenever you need it, um, uh, which I would honestly recommend to anyone at this point. Um, uh, but uh, but if you're really looking for like just I, I want one image, one program that's going to give me uh, the ability to look at images in a way that's fairly true, um, uh, Photoshop Elements is a, is a pretty good choice. Okay. And it's usually only a few hundred bucks, if I recall. Okay. I'm gonna have to buy it. Um, all right, I think we're nearly out of time. Yes, we are out of time. It's two. Uh, Anybody so there are handouts with. Uh, I'm sure there's material we didn't get to on there, but you know that, that's an hour for you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.